2: Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty, the Armstrong and Getty Show. I
3: got the booster shot. Now I
4: feel sick, and the government's tracking me with the five G chip that they put in me at CBS. I, I, I don't. I don't think that second part is accurate. That's misinformation. I'm. Uh, this is your second warning. <laughs>
3: I'm looking up at the TV. We'll talk about this next segment, maybe Ukraine preparing for an invasion. Zelensky's still saying, yeah, quit. What? Do you, what is this all invasion talk? I, you, 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 you People are you're scaring everybody. Quit talking about that, United States. Um, but the people seem to be preparing more for an invasion. The interviews on the streets over the weekend, it would seem the tide is turned in the uh, view of the average Ukrainian on the street that they are preparing for war, and everybody I've seen interviews saying they're ready to die for their country. That's something.
4: Yeah, I've, I've never seen a scenario like this. It is so odd where the country under the gun is saying, ah, don't worry about it. <laughs> just very, very odd. So more on that to come. We've got uh, just some unbelievable, incredibly frustrating Mainstream media coverage of kids and COVID. It's just inexplicable. Later, later, though. This story is just so awful and so funny. It's a story of little Lila. Lila, bright 12-year-old girl, San Francisco, lives in Bayview. It's a rough hood. But she and her, her her sibling, I think it's her brother or sister, really bright kids they do well in school. God bless them and, and mom for, for instilling a love of learning the rest of it. but so I'll, I'll tell you a story from the beginning. So she's a, a high achieving kid and and made it into one of the more prominent middle schools in the area. She got in a lottery, right? But Ms Nelson, her mom. A single mom in Bayview pulled Miriam um, out of the public school district after fifth grade and scored a financial aid package at a parochial school where her bright sixth grader is, is thriving. The interesting thing is uh, her grades have come out from the school that she was pulled out of. She never attended it for a single day and has actually gotten a couple of A's. She's doing beautifully. Teacher shortage, they say, dearth of substitutes, sinking staff morale, never-ending pandemic, budget crisis, incessant politics, kids struggling, etc. And so many kids are falling through the cracks. The uh, the principal said, look, we've never had a situation like this. It's not an excuse. Just to be clear, at some point we failed in our jobs at the school. So it's it's pretty funny. Her midterm grades were okay. Having not attended a single day at the school, but they really rallied. Her final grades for the semester were much better. What was she doing the whole time? Going to the uh, parochial school, the private school. Oh, so she yeah. was
3: going right, did full time there. Okay,
4: yeah. Hundred percent full time and doing very nicely. Um, what's really interesting about this story? <laughs> I mean, aside from the hilarity of it. Um, oh yeah, her first progress report showed her getting A's in study skills and social studies, what? a C in phys ed. Well, somebody had to fill that stuff out, though. Didn't, yeah.
3: didn't any of them think you know I haven't seen her? And now that I think about it, this year.
4: <laughs> so she had an, you write down the grade. She had two A's and a C, and a pass, or no mark in the rest. See, if you get an F, they just give you a pass and send mm-hmm. you on your way. Uh, so she Which She's great for the kid. Really helps him out. She received full credits for every class except science. By the end of the semester, she was still getting an A in social studies, and, to her credit, had boosted her grade in gym to an A. Yes, better at dodgeball. The rest were pass. Her absences by class... Because remember, they have to write down when you're absent for school funding reasons, if for nothing else. Her absences varied by class from 51 to 82, even though she'd been absent every single <laughs> damn day.
3: God, you know, and this is funny, but it speaks to how sloppy all of this has probably been around the country while schools were closed down just going through the motions of who's attending, who's paying attention, who is working at grade level.
4: Well, right, right. And, and at the root of this story is a great mom doing what's right for her kid. Um, so, the, the report card saga began last fall. She had attended public school through fifth grade, but how familiar does this sound, folks? It's heartbreaking. But her mother saw her spark and love of learning vanish during mm. dull, never ending Zoom school. That's rough. Remember, we, we reported last week a majority of Democrats in polling still think kids should go back to Zoom school. It's a small majority, but it's a majority. So mom opted to move her to a parochial school for sixth grade and didn't even enter or into the, the middle school lottery. So anyway, but credit to the young girl for getting such uh, great grades without even showing up. Unbelievable. There are so few substitutes available. Every adult in the building is filling in in a class, including uh, aides, people who, who don't have a single teaching credential, whatever. It's just it's crazy. Absolutely crazy. And some of the attendance numbers. Um, this, this school where she was getting such good grades before the pandemic was about 450 kids this year, it dropped to 386, except lots of them never show up. So they don't really have a handle. Uh, he said, we're not even getting 85% attendance. There are times when we've had an excess of hundred children absent out of, th- out of just around 400, just crazy craziness. So, I don't know if you watched any Olympics over the weekend. I watched some of the sports,
3: not a lot. The opening ceremony, which I didn't see outside of when we were watching it live here Friday morning. The Beijing Winter Olympics opening ceremony, ratings-wise for people watching, was down 43%. And whoever this moron is who wrote this story... Um, said that the ratings are down because we'd already ha- we'd had an Olympics just not that many months ago, so people probably aren't as excited for it. You really, Moron. you really think that's the reason ratings are down forty three percent, or has everybody caught on to the fact that China's the most evil country in the world and feels conflicted about watching it at all? It clearly had more of a role.
4: Oh yeah, globally uh, attitudes toward China have soured in a big hurry, and to a large extent, which is good.
3: That Chinese asshole. That's why people aren't watching. Now, the winter uh, opening ceremonies are always down from the summer just because the summer games are more popular. But come on.
4: Give credit to human beings who say, I can't watch this. It makes me feel dirty. I'm not going to watch the Communist Party self-aggrandize and and try to spread communism around the globe. You know, I'm going to watch it. I've got it on the DVR. Uh, I want to watch it just out of interest in uh, political propaganda. But as entertainment, no, it's sickening.
3: So as we announced live on Friday as we were taking it in, they had a uh, Uyghur woman light the flame, which, what were you calling it, a cynical move? Is that what your uh, term was?
4: Uh, It's uh, Propaganda 101. You're accusing us of oppressing these people? Look, she's here, happy and, and a proud Chinese citizen.
3: So she competed the next day in whatever her winter sport was. She finished like a millionth? And then disappeared. Um, hmm. They, her, and some other Chinese athletes walked right by the uh, the reporters where they're supposed to stop and answer questions. Just walked right by, and then she hasn't been seen since. So nobody was going to China wasn't going to allow anybody to ask her any questions about oh, no. her life or her family or her or have her explain how she was threatened to get her to do this because I am sure she was.
4: She was excuse exclusively a propaganda tool, and they're done. Yeah, done with using her. It's amazing that everybody can be aware of
3: this like nobody's fooled really, but everybody still goes through the motions or the the, the
4: oppressive regime
3: still goes through the motions. They must feel like it does them some good, I suppose
4: Uh, domestically. I think uh, their uh, crooked Chinese communist press will report on how the happy, happy Uyghurs were uh, glad to represent the country at the Olympics. And any rumors they've heard to the contrary are uh, utterly false. And if they're repeated on the Chinese Twitter, uh, that uh, they'll get a nice visit from the secret police.
3: Um, I think I had one more thing.
4: I oh, and by the way, China, your snow sucks. The announcers were, try- were tap dancing their way around this, oh. and tap dancing isn't even a winter sport. <laughs> but like our, our brave skier gal uh, fell down, um, and the commentator said, uh, the skiers are, are struggling with the conditions somewhat. This, uh, this, th- the conditions are unlike any other they've encountered in the world. It did seem very icy. I didn't hear
3: any of that, but we watched a couple of people wipe out, and it looked like they were skiing on chunks of ice.
4: Yeah, and these these gals, in this case, are are great on all kinds of snow. What the announcers were trying not to say is they more or less covered the mountain in in crappy ice because they got no snow, and the skiers are having a hell of a time staying upright.
5: Now, come on, China!
3: (laughs) (laughs) Um, Mrs. I-couldn't-pronounce-her-name-for-five-dollars, the Uyghur-skier-woman and three other Chinese athletes competing in the event slipped away after their event, leaving more than a dozen Chinese and foreign journalists Waiting for more than an hour in frigid temperatures for an opportunity to talk to them, but they just disappeared and never came back. So that's the way China handled that, and she'll never be heard from again if she, uh, she and her family even live.
4: Yeah, boy, the Chinese journalists were there to say how great and glorious is it to represent the grandeur of the motherland. How is and your re- re- how is your reeducation coming? <laughs> oh boy. Well, they couldn't even trust her to do that, though, so they just whisked her back to Xinjiang and to some cell somewhere.
3: Speaking of evil countries, it looks like Russia's uh, ready to go into Ukraine. When's that going to happen? What the Biden administration announced over the weekend, we ought to at least tell you that. Wow. Some gruesome numbers. Among other things on the way, our text line is 415-295-KFTC.
1: Armstrong.
4: Armstrong and
0: Getty Show. U.S. intelligence officials warned that a Russian invasion could kill up to 100,000 civilians. But many Ukrainians still remain unconvinced Vladimir Putin will attack. (laughs) On newscasts across Ukraine, there's barely a mention of the tensions. Instead, the top stories are a supermarket scandal and Ukraine's Fashion Week. Pablo Klimklin is a former Ukrainian foreign minister.
1: I don't believe uh, in big invasion right now. It's actually not in the interest of Putin. What Putin needs now is to raise the stakes. So what is going
3: on there? Uh, I saw a number of interviews with soldiers, like right on the border. They seem to be completely convinced. Well, they're at war. They've been at war for a lot of years. Mm Mm-hmm. A lot of years. They've had 14,000 people die battling Russia since 2014. Wow. I think that's when it was, yeah. Number of years. The equivalent of, because their population is so much smaller, that would be the same in terms of affecting the population if we had as many soldiers die in all of Vietnam, Iraq, Afghanistan, all added together. Holy cow. That's how many people they've had die battling Russia in recent years. So they've been at war, those soldiers. So it's not going to be like completely new to them to be shooting at somebody and somebody's shooting back. The soldiers seem to be really prepared to fight and die. But this thing where the local TV stations across the country are talking about some supermarket scandal and fashion week, is that just some sort of weird human nature? We're all soft and can't believe... That the world is ever going back to the way it used to be, or what's happening there? I gotta know what the supermarket
4: scandal is. How (laughs) juicy is it? I mean, is it like a sex thing, or are they selling rancid fish, or what? What's the story? You would think that if
3: you're a country of 40 million people, surrounded on every side by uh, one of the most powerful militaries in the world, with more people ready to come in than
4: anything anybody's
3: seen since World War II, you'd be thinking about it all day, every day.
4: Meanwhile, their YouTube president says, oh, no, 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 no invasion. U.S., pipe down. Stop saying invasion. No invasion. Very odd.
3: Among the things that came out over the weekend, the U.S. believes Russia plans a nuclear exercise to warn the West over Ukraine. Well, that's very exciting. They're going to set off some sort of bomb like out in the middle of a field
4: to uh, just remind us? (laughs) No, you can't do that. Generally, they're underground or something. So, like a nuclear test? What's a nuclear exercise? I don't know. Moving missiles around? Oh, or is that yeah. like the newest uh, craze? You know, it's, it's better than Roomba and, uh, you know, yoga. It's like a TikTok challenge. Yeah. The, do the nuclear exercise. Today,
3: the story came out that the, the, the Biden's aides are telling him Kiev could fall in an hour if Russia decides to go in with the unbelievable
4: force that they've got lined up right now. An hour. That's not a lot of time to react. Now, like I said before, last time they were asked, they said, ah, Kabul will last a couple of years. So I think they're erring to the side of the short.
3: And the projections that came out over the weekend, which were much less than what you just heard, I don't know where those numbers came from on the CBS early show, but these numbers were, um, they expect if there's an invasion in the opening days, there'll be 25,000 dead Ukrainian soldiers. 25,000. Oh. 50,000 dead civilians and one and a half to five million refugees, that would be quite a deal. Wow. You have 50,000 wow. dead civilians in this one-hour takeover of the capital.
4: Now how many Russian casualties? Because the know. word I keep hearing is that Putin has no support domestically for some, side, some sort of adventure. I don't know. Well, I hope that uh, think tank guy I quoted last week is right. He just thinks Putin's trying to create an enormous amount of tension so he can drive wedges in NATO, divide Germany from the U.S. and France, and and exact a bunch of concessions. Um, You know, that's bad enough. But, you know, slaughtering the the hundreds of thousands?
3: Biden's going to be standing next to Schultz today. He's the new guy running Germany who's been, you haven't seen him or heard from him. He's just like disappeared from the scene. As they're trying to keep their head down. Oh, what? Oh, I didn't hear about that. I'm sorry. I'll get back to you. I'm busy with something else. I mean, they're kind of like just trying to stay out of this, uh, which is not cool.
4: Not No, no, no. Uh, Angela Merkel, for all of her uh, warmth toward Russia, was way, way ballsier than this uh, Otto. What's his uh, Schultz. Schultz. He knows nothing. Nothing.
3: It, it was stated by our government multiple times over the weekend by uh, Secretary of State and the National Security Advisor and everybody that Nord Stream 2, the pipeline from Russia to Germany, that's all the natural gas. Germany wants it for the gas. Russia wants it for the money. That pipeline will not happen. That is over if Russia goes into Ukraine. Germany hasn't said we. they agree with that, though. They haven't said that.
4: So, what we blow it up
3: I think we're just saying that thinking i don 't know what we're we're trying to bully them into agreeing with that, or i don't know what, but they haven't yeah. they haven't signed on to that. hey, hey, yeah, you can't tell us we 're not going to have a pipeline
4: and you know this uh, lends credence to the theory I was just uh, alluding to from the the euro think tank guy I read and a uh, Russia expert. Uh, he, he, Putin is absolutely, if his goal is to drive divisions and just slowly wear down the ties of NATO, he's doing a hell of a good job at it.
3: Okay, we got this very point from Jake Sullivan on, uh, on that. Let's hear that. That's clip uh, 50. Nord Stream 2 is
4: leverage for us, not leverage for Vladimir Putin. Nord Stream 2 hasn't been turned on. There is no gas flowing through Nord Stream 2 right now, and there won't be for months, in part because of the diplomacy of the United States. And we have been absolutely clear that if Russia invades Ukraine one way or the other, Nord Stream 2 will not move forward.
3: So we can say that, but Germany hasn't said anything like that. Wow. I don't know what's going on there. Um, If you miss an hour, grab the podcast. funny things happened at the cbs the other day and one will lead us into talking about masks um first thing was I'm, st- I'm standing in line at the cbs and it reminded me i need to only go to the cbs at night because i live in a college town you go into the cbs at night everybody in there is a college kid and man, they got everything's dialed for college kids. They think fast, they move fast. I'm getting my bottle of cheap wine, I'm getting some condoms, I got a big night planned, I do yes. this, So I'll check out, I'm out of there. You're there earlier in the day, it's old people that have some, they write in checks and they got some sort of complicated government money card and everything. It's just, it takes forever to get out of there.
4: Well, and they want to talk to the cashier, and <laughs> the cashier wants to talk to them. Well, this person couldn't talk to the
3: cashier because she didn't speak English. And so uh, I'm waiting in line, it's like, you know, pretty soon we're all kind of like what's taking so long and this woman is trying to use some sort of government card to pay for whatever she's paying for and she doesn't have an id and it ends up being a shouting thing between the poor clerk dude who i uh I said, I said when I finally got up there, I said you handled that better than I would have. But um, they're both talking to each other louder and slower in their own languages. So it's yes. not just belligerent Americans that do that. You had this belligerent woman from, you know, I did. Maybe this makes me a bad person. I don't know if she was speaking Korean or Chinese or Japanese or whatever, but it was a it was an Asian language, and she just kept saying it louder and slower. Like eventually, we would all suddenly speak Mandarin if she just said it slow enough. And he was doing the same thing to her. I need an. ID You know, you can say it as slow and loud as you want. It's not really And they did this for a long time. I mean people were starting to laugh at this point. It was like a comedy routine. How long are the two of you just going to (laughs) talk really slow and loud? Neither one of you, I don't think, understanding a single syllable.
4: (laughs) Clerk, clerk guy. Ask somebody, hey, can you hand me your ID so I can point at it for this gal? because somebody's got to give here, all right? Oh, God, it was funny. this. This ain't working.
3: <laughs> I mean, it went on uncomfortably
4: long. <laughs> That's hilarious.
3: The other thing was, uh, we're all starting to talk in line, because we're all like t- talking about this, like, oh, my God. And uh, so there was one woman. She looked like to be there in her 60s, and she was standing a couple of people back, and I didn't even notice that she didn't have a mask on. That doesn't register with me, because I don't freaking care. But anyway, she said, oh, my God, I forgot my mask. And... Uh, And the girl in front of me, woman in front of me, said, don't worry about it. I'm not going to say anything. And so I said, I'm not going to say anything. And The person behind me said, I don't care. So you got got four people standing in line in a heavily masked town all saying, I don't care. You're not going to get anything from me, Um, which I think is interesting. Yeah, it is. Having, as I said earlier, just gotten off the bike trail where somewhere between a third and 40 percent of the people on the bike trail That were walking, jogging, riding bikes, were wearing masks outdoors away from people.
4: You might as well wear a red hat to ward off COVID as wear a mask outdoors, (laughs) you cultists.
3: It's practically to ward off vampires because there ain't that much Omicron anymore. It's gone off the charts, so.
4: Right. Yeah. Just crazy. So, uh, Governor Phil Murphy in New Jersey has joined the governors, uh, all Democrats, Pennsylvania, Connecticut, and I think there's one other, uh, saying, yeah, the mask mandates for kids are going to end soon. Although not, not freaking soon enough. There's zero science to support it. Love this. Uh, the woke counties near DC. Are 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 have become this uh, epicenter partly because there's so much media there of some of these debates and I love this mom who blasted away at the school board uh, let her give you courage if you're tempted to do the same thing uh, clip number 70 Michael
2: I know there are many educators who want to protect children this goal is not different from my own our implementation preferences may differ but we want the same thing to get through COVID without harm Unfortunately, politics leads us to believe there is only one solution, masks. Yet thousands of schools around the country have been open during the entire pandemic without masks and no corresponding rise in serious illness. There were not child coffins lined up as some educators in this county suggested would be the case. In fact, things have been going pretty much as normal. Kids are getting sick despite wearing masks. We are forcing healthy children home for exposure despite them wearing masks. And we are segregating children by vaccination status and religious exemption status despite the wearing of masks. So I ask you, if masks work, why don't they?
4: I love that.
3: That's the line I always use. There's this uh, organization that I'm uh, involved with and uh, I can go to... uh, get-togethers in one town and get-togethers in another town. In the one town, everybody's wearing masks, but there's another town where nobody's been wearing masks, like, the whole time. I mean, they're like an outlaw. And uh, and and I always talk about, oh, boy, stepping over the dead bodies is a hard part of getting in that room. It's <laughs> just, oh, stack em. they stack them. They're dying so fast, you can barely right.
4: get the door open. It's like, no, there's been no problem. I, I thought that was brilliant, and there's more from her in just a second, but I thought she she eloquently and briefly Succinctly uh, attacked it from both ends. Number one, there has been no corresponding rising cases or serious illness or deaths in right. the school districts where the kids don't have masks on. And they're still spreading the Omicron like crazy. Of course they are. It's incredibly contagious and they're all fine. Uh, a little more from her. 71, Michael.
2: So here are the facts. They're available to any one of you. Over the course of the pandemic, 49,000 children have died of all causes. 331 of those were COVID-related. Yet we have turned kids' lives upside down at school for what is essentially a non-risk. Let's put that risk into context. Last year, fewer kids died of COVID-19 than of heart disease, cancerous tumors, suicide, homicide, and drownings. Have the protocols, have have the schools stopped serving hamburgers and french fries? Have we put up tinfoil on the ceilings to block power lines? Do we even address the growing incidences of suicide during the pandemic? No. We play politics with kids' faces by placing restrictive fabric over their noses and mouths that the CDC itself has said don't do anything, and it's for their safety. This is asinine. This is blatant political theater, and it needs to end.
3: It's, it's more than that, uh, which is weird. It's some sort of weird human nature for some people they got in their head that this makes me safe so i'm gonna do this because being safe is the only thing i care about right it's weird even in in spite of all evidence to the contrary
4: you combine that with the trump obsession and then once somebody has power to prevent something allegedly for the good for your own good which is as c.s lewis pointed out the worst sort of oppression um To give that power up or to give that restriction up is to take a risk. And they're thinking, why would I take a risk? No, let's keep the little kids in masks. It doesn't do any damn good. But if, uh, you know, if I said take them off and something bad happened, I'd be blamed. So I am going to trample on the poor little children just to, to cover my own ass preemptively.
3: It's just so much easier to be the I go too far safety person than it is to be the other person. It just it's just easier.
4: And then I love this because she busts a lying liar in the area. You probably have one near you. Maybe it's a teacher's union leader or or an administrator or a county health jackass. But to clip 72.
2: I need to point something out that has been bothering me. On November 15th of last year, I had the privilege of speaking with Dr. McDade for 10 minutes following the CRT town hall meeting. During that discussion, which was friendly and cordial, I asked what she, as superintendent, could do to get the kids out of masks. Dr. McDade told me that she would if she could, but that her hands were tied by then-Governor Northam's executive order mandating face coverings. And if it weren't for that, things would be different. Well tonight, things are different. And I'd like to ask you Dr. McDade tonight what has changed and what do you plan on doing now that your hands are untied I'm in fact I'm asking all of you to step up the way other leaders who have who have and are ending covid restrictions by the day what when will you what will it take you are on the losing side of history Thank and it's you, time to make that right before these children now
3: Yeah it's uh, again there's some human nature in here and it depends on I don't know if it depends on your politics or I don't know what it is but there are people who care about this and people don't. If if they announced today no more masks at school, I would have zero concern for my kids, zero. But I assume that lots of people would be I don't know if this is a good idea. I'm a little worried.
4: I think they would feel that way. uh, Guaranteed. I mean, we both happened to watch uh, Face the Nation yesterday. And uh, Margaret Brennan, the very uh, bright hostess gal there, uh, who is a lefty, of course. uh, But she a couple of times brought up her kids. She was asking Scott Gottlieb. uh,
3: She's obsessed with the idea of her tiny little kid. Because she just had a baby, what, two years ago. She's obsessed with her tiny little baby getting the vaccine. She brings it up to every guest she has on. When will mothers like me be able to get the vaccine for their child? And then she was talking to her panel. So this is a a big thing for me, because my kids aren't vaccinated. And I know, because I've been looking at the statistics, four out of five kids in America aren't. And if you go to the younger kids, it's going to be more like nine out of ten. So she's portraying it in the media. You talk about disinformation. She's portraying it in her focus group as if Every parent of a kid is just they check the news every single day to see if they can get the kid the vaccine. And she said when they when they announce that the vaccine is vaccine is available for children under 6, it's going to be like uh, the, uh, the the line for a popular uh, Broadway show. I mean, people are going to be rushing out the door to wait in line. And I thought, "No, they're not. You're just you're this is misinformation. Look at the numbers for the past 6 months for kids that can get it. People aren't doing it." 80% of parents have not done it. It's not because of the lines. They they don't want it or don't think it works or whatever reason. But Well, oh no, as the brave mom pointed out, there's no point. There's no reason. There's no need. You're portraying it on Face the Nation as if everybody needs this and wants this, and that's just not a fact. Maybe I'm wrong and you're right. Different topic. But most people are not waiting for the opportunity to get their kid the vaccine. Well, By and far. I mean, it's not even close.
4: We've both spoken well of Scott Gottlieb during all this mess, um, uh, but he really disappointed me on Face the Nation. I think it may be because he's on the board of Pfizer or something, but he had the absolute perfect opportunity when she was saying, how long will it be till they approve the vaccine for my toddler? He had the perfect opportunity. In fact, he was practically obliged to say, but Margaret, your child is at practically no risk of serious illness. There are 8 to 10 risks much more serious for your child going about their day today than COVID. In fact, there are probably 150, honestly, because there are practically no risk whatsoever. And he didn't say anything about that, didn't even breathe a word about it. And I just thought that was so frustrating, and and irresponsible. And I don't know what's going on with him, but why? Why? Seriously. And Jack, you used vampires. Maybe that's a little dismissive. Maybe your you're worried your kid is going to get I don't know, uh, you know, the, the Ebola. And you've got a mom who's going on and on about her fear of her child getting Ebola, and you, as an alleged medical expert, never even say, Margaret. Your child is at a vanishingly small risk of getting Ebola. I wouldn't spend another minute worrying about it. Your child will be fine. How do you not say that? So the I don't know the other psychology
3: of this. Also, I don't understand why they don't acknowledge the reality of the numbers more often. Just acknowledge that they can be against it, but just acknowledge that eighty to ninety percent of Americans aren't getting these vaccines for their kids. Just right, aren't. right. Um, we didn't play last week. Oh, so I'm getting into the psychology of it. There's the, like I said, if the school announced today, no more masks, I think there'd, I assume there'd be parents that'd say, I don't know, this scares me a little bit. Whereas like, I don't, I wouldn't bother me at all. Yay, finally, hooray. I, z- I have zero worry. Like not even the tiniest, bit in the corner of my mind, worry about COVID for my kids. I never think about it. Or for me. Um, so there's a psychology that, that's, that and, and, and I don't exactly know what it is. I'm driving that. And then there's the psychology of the being told what to do Um, that some people don't mind and some people maybe mind too much. I mean, I I have been resistant to things that are a good idea just because I don't like being told what to do. I know that I've got that. I know that that (laughs) is a flaw of mine. Absolutely. But uh, we didn't play the clip last week of Shaquille O'Neal. Did you ever hear that? He, he was—he was being interviewed by somebody talking about how he's against being, uh, you know, forced to do to get the vaccine. And he uh, went back and forth. I think it was an ESPN person, and they said, "Well, we, no, we're not forced. They just told us uh, if we're going to come into work that we have to get the vaccine." He said, "Well, then you're being forced. I don't like being forced to do so." So some people psychologically just way more hate being told what to do sure. than others. So mm-hmm. that factors in a lot too. Just the fact that you're telling me I got to wear a mask—that alone pisses me off. Which is not. I'm uh, not scientific. Or it's at not the very scientific. least, I'm,
4: I'm resistant to it yeah. and highly skeptical. There
3: level. you go. I start yeah. from a level of you need to prove why. because right. I don't like you making me do anything. Mm-hmm. And some of us are that way and some of us are not. I think that's interesting.
4: Well, and uh, those of us who think one way or the other generally find ourselves in one political camp yeah. or the other. To yeah. a very large extent, Thomas Sowell, A Conflict of Visions. It's a great read. Not an easy one.
3: Anyway, a lot, <laughs> a lot more on the way. Uh, text line
1: 415295KFTC.
3: Into a Joe Rogan like situation. Um, but how much funnier would my CBS story have been if I could have imitated the clerk and the woman yelling at him? But because she's from Asian descent, I can't do her voice mm-hmm. and do the back and forth of what it was like watching it. If she was French, I could. If she was German, I could. If she was Russian, I could. Mm -hmm. But because she's Asian, I can't because somebody made that rule at
4: some Scandinavian, whatever. Yeah. Somebody
3: made that rule that you can't for comedic purposes do the voice of Asian uh, languages. No, no, no good reason for it. No, like no logical anything. But that's just the way it is. Your whole BIPOC
4: crowd. Yeah. Not allowed to uh, not allowed to do that.
3: Oh, is that it? I guess that's right. So it's because they're not white.
4: Yeah. Okay.
3: Yeah. So I couldn't do an African language either? Mm, probably not.
4: Probably not. Interesting. I, w- I wouldn't. I wouldn't either. You know, I was just uh, tweeting about the whole, uh, there are a lot of Joe Rogan's podcasts with some of the great thinkers of our time being yanked off yeah. Spotify because somebody doesn't like them, I guess. And I mean, we're talking about great thinkers and authors. Um, and it's absolutely a, a crazy time and a chilling time. It's straight out of Mao's Cultural Revolution. Um so if we're gonna get canceled, let's 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 have it be over something that's worth it. <laughs> anyway, uh so uh the Chinese Olympic team is all Asian. That's interesting. Uh dirty commies, including a US citizen, Zhu Yi 19, who's renounced her US citizenship to compete for China. Hmm. Well, the uh, the good news is, and it's really cheering, it's kind of life-affirming, it's a we-are-the-world-ish, uh, the Chinese people are every bit as awful as anybody else on Earth. This 19-year-old, who again, renounced her U.S. citizenship to skate for China, fell twice, crashed into the boards, and basically sucked, and pulled her team's score way down. Well, her name became a, a top-trending topic on Weibo, the Chinese equivalent of uh, Twitter, uh, her poor showing racked up 200 million views in mere hours, according to the uh, that uh, social media site. Wow, that's how big
3: China's population is. 200 million views in a short period of time. No wonder, you know, Nike and Apple and everybody want those markets.
4: And then, he says, reading from the laziest sort of journalism, uh, people on Weibo went crazy. This is such a disgrace. She's an embarrassment. Please, oh, and then they started criticizing her because her uh, Mandarin isn't very good. Please let her Chinese uh, learn Chinese first before she talks about patriotism. You, Yi, how re- ridiculous your performance is. How dare you skate for China? You can't hold a candle to an amateur. he says so
3: <laughs> why did she want to l- renounce her U.S citizenship to be huh, that's interesting.
4: Well, maybe she and her folks are dirty commies. Again, she's only 19. Um, And or maybe she couldn't make the U.S. team and China said, come skate Ah, for us. Ah, gotcha. There you go. Yeah. And, you know, frankly, at age 19, she probably doesn't have a lot of political consciousness anyway and just lives to skate. So, again, I don't I don't condemn 19 year olds for much. They're dopey. So was I.
3: One of our top figure skaters has officially pulled out because of covid. I wonder Uh, if he gave it to everybody else.
4: Coronavirus. That's right, Doctor Cardi. <laughs> doctor Cardi traveled with the team to China to keep track of the uh, the athletes. So you've teased a couple
3: of times this thing that I actually can't wait to hear.
4: Yes, indeed. The trend of not letting your doctor office weigh you. <laughs> <laughs> giving them, giving no, no. Talk to the hand. You're not putting me on that scale.
3: <laughs> oh, can we kick off hour three with that? That just sounds well, sure. so
4: great. Yes, and you can get a Please Don't Weigh Me card. You simply hand that over to the personnel. Oh, my God. That's right. Oh,
3: my God. Oh, that's so crazy. (laughs) I can't wait to discuss this. (laughs) Hilarious. If you miss an hour, grab the podcast at armstrongandgetty.com.
5: Armstrong and Getty.